You're checking out the Nifty Q Show. All right, good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome into the Nifty Q Show. We're interviewing founders, leaders, builders in the NFT space. Today, I'm sitting with the one and only Rizzle to talk his time in the NFT and blockchain space, building the whip in Avastars, his upcoming drop on our blocks, and much more. Rizzle just had to like sit through so much of BS from the production side. Sorry we got started here late, guys. Rizzle, how you doing, my man? Make sure to unmute as well. Uh, dude, I really appreciate you having me. If anyone understands audio failures and production problems, it is me. So uh, it's all good. And excited to dive into all the things, man. Appreciate you having me here. Yeah, I had a good friend on uh, the episode yesterday uh, of a Nifty Q show, Young Content, who I've met multiple times. Like We really just riffed on the industry. It was an awesome conversation that I didn't really have planned out. And I don't really have it planned out for you, but I've never met you, man. But I feel like through all these different connections and through seeing you in the space for the better part of like two, three years, uh, it's just if I feel a kindred connection to you. So hopefully we can get uh, into some cool industry conversations and it's long overdue. So I'm glad you took uh, my invitation here today. Awesome, man. Feeling is mutual. Feels like we've known each other for like 10,000 crypto years. So yeah, let's do it, man. Awesome, brother. All right. So I'm going to get it started out here with Jared T who, who commented on Twitter something about Mario Kart. So I, I just want to I just want to hit that right off the bat. Why is he talking about queuing up for a game of Mario Kart? I think Jared said I was going to lose too, which is very. Uh, there's only one person out there. We so eclectic method actually a while ago sort of rounded up a bunch of people uh, to play Crypto Art Mario Kart together. Uh, and Emma, um, I'm not recalling her Twitter handle. She's out there uh, and is an incredible Mario Kart player and is uh, one of few people who's like actually better than me. So I would dust Jared uh, if, uh, but I assume that's what he's uh, referring to and. Uh, actually, a lot of money, uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, a lot of money used to play with us as well. Uh, and he's also like an incredible Mario Kart player. Like a little known fact of, of about a lot of money is uh, he's got like sick handles on the Mario Kart. Shout out to a lot of money as well. Uh, uh, rest in peace there, man. I want to get into your background, uh, maybe not just in the NFT space, but like one thing I don't know about you, although I've been following you on Twitter for like I said, years now, I don't know that origin story of how you got into to crypto. Like, how did you find yourself in the blockchain space before all of this craziness with NFTs popped off? Uh, so I, I just sort of fell into the rabbit hole like very early on, like 2012, 2013, uh, as like a byproduct of being like really broke and just like trying to find different ways to like hustle on the side. Um, went to school for a long time, got a master's degree, uh, worked in nonprofits and there's like no money in it. And so like I did all this stuff and like still wasn't making any money. So I sort of fell into crypto uh, really just as like a hustle and like flipping junk coins and like, but, but then I started getting like really interested in like the tech side of things and like the implications of like what the technology, you know, the possibilities are with the technology. Uh, and then just really aside from like flipping junk coins, I just started like tinkering around with like all the things like different like apps would come out and like programs and like 
things people were trying and you know there's lots of different experiments going on with like altcoins and i was like all this stuff is like so weird but like pretty cool and uh i don't know man it's just like i i just sort of got like obsessed with it and uh still am and nfts like really just sort of checked all the boxes for me once they came along so i'm gonna backpedal a little bit here like what was that master's degree in, and what were you interested in when you were before Rizzle, you know, before this, you know, this avatar in the metaverse that we know this caricature in and out of itself, like what were you doing before you jumped into the metaverse a little bit? Uh, I had a master's degree in social work. I actually had all these advanced, I still have them, uh, but they're not current uh, advanced uh, certifications and stuff. Uh, I worked in group homes for like foster kids or uh, homeless kids and some alternative incarceration programs. Uh, did a lot of like group counseling types of like programs. Uh, worked at some like schools, uh, you know, with kids who were like, you know, considered at risk and that kind of thing. Um, and like loved it and everything, but I, you know, reached a certain point in that career where like trying to make like a positive impact in the world and got like really frustrated with like the bullshit of like bureaucracy and like felt very much handcuffed in like my ability to like go anywhere. I'd like sort of hit a peak in my career and then I was like, well, I'm just going to like do this for like another 30 years or something. And like, and I, so I felt like honestly, moving from that to crypto like if the goal is to like you know do something positive in the world i'm like you know i i stand a much better chance making a bigger impact like going a crypto route than i do trying to like you know just work within these like nonprofits that are sort of spinning in circles and like not well funded or like thought out and uh it's just like sort of a shame but like sort of a mess but that's yeah. that's where my root and my heart is like very very much uh to this day just trying to you know do the right thing in a different ang- angle type of thing yeah does that come out in some of your projects do you have like a social like social work kind of um i guess like things where you're kind of donating to different you know nonprofits and things like this does this come out in the work that you do today to some extent yes i've done like some some successful fundraisers uh actually with a lot of money speaking of a lot of money we had a very successful one last year uh i just bought into a project uh that i just tweeted about that's support all the proceeds go to uh charitable cause uh, te- uh working with uh children who have been involved in the war in ukraine and like you know doing art stuff with them to help them recover uh, so I'm, I'm and try to be like very socially conscious. I haven't done uh, so. My sort of angle on crypto, man, is I feel like charity is good and important, and I try to like keep that in mind. But I feel like when the thing that crypto really offers people is uh, opportunities that they wouldn't have before, and so I feel like that's like the biggest thing that will make a positive impact about crypto like more even more so than like donating to a charity that will help like a specific group of people or population like the ability for like crypto to extend opportunities to so many people is like the big big play i think in terms of like you know how to really make a difference or or like a meaningful impact do you ever think about like what wouldn't have like would you have still been at that that I, I'm not going to call it a dead end job because you were making a an yeah. impact, but not as much of an impact. Do you think about like what would have happened if you never found crypto sometimes? Yeah, dude, I, th- I would have found something, man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I, I like I am just perpetually like tinkering and interested in things and 
crypto just really checked all the boxes for me and and but i i think if it wasn't that i would have become obsessed with something else probably uh i, I like really like numbers there's like a big math part of my brain that like i used to be very very good at and like that i never really tapped into professionally so like you know i like that aspect of crypto it like you know flexes that part of my brain that had been like sort of inactive uh for a long time so uh but i, w- I would have found something man <laughs> most likely that's dope, man. I want to give a quick shout out to the chat really quick. Jared T is in the house. He just said GM friends. Uh, Jared, we were talking about your Mario Kart comment here earlier. So I, I think Rizzle, Rizzle, Rizzle needs a challenge here uh, from, from you, my man. But Llama, Alien River, Tigbo, Coca, uh, DJ Savage, appreciate y'all showing up early. Uh, we do these live on YouTube. But the Nifty Q show is also uh, on all podcasting platforms uh, that you can you can find as well. So uh, I like having the 2017 like altcoin discussion. I don't know how much I need to like poll the audience at some point. I don't know how much they like the reminiscing that goes on between people that were in the space back then. But like, what were you what were you flipping, man? Were you still kind of grinding for, I guess, like even trying to survive at that point in the space? I know a lot of people didn't really make it you know, until that 2017 timeframe. So I, I I managed to play my cards decently, man. Uh, So I, I, we still have, I have a picture of it. I should post it uh, at some point. When Bitcoin crashed to like 250 bucks, uh, I was like, we're screwed. I like squandered all of this, you know, coin that I had like flipped and like hustled for all this time that was supposed to like, you know, potentially be our way out of this like dead end job and everything. I was like, fuck, like if I, if I'm going to lose it all, we're at least going to come away with a computer. So I bought this computer for uh, used uh, like a refurbished Lenovo laptop for my wife. It like weighs like a thousand pounds for one Bitcoin. It was 250 bucks and we still have it. It's like, uh, and I look at that laptop every now and again and just sort of like reminisce. Um, but so, uh, so what was I, so everything in the beginning, man, uh, there was, I was very early on in like Cripsy. I don't know if you remember Cripsy uh, and like Poloniex. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just, uh, and then there's a lot of like subreddits that were like pretty active, uh, with coins that were attempting to do interesting things. There was like mint coin and like red coin and like, I I remember seeing Dogecoin like come, you know, to life. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing in the entire world. There's like, no way this is going to be successful. Like, you know, screw this coin. I'm not buying into it. Obviously like completely wrong. Uh, I mean, not that it's not like totally pointless or like whatever, but like, you know, here we are it's it's still alive like way past a lot of other things so uh a little bit of everything man and got completely wrecked a few times by the time 2017 came along i like managed to liquidate a little bit of stuff to you know ride out the you know getting wrecked completely all over again so it softened the blow like a little bit um and uh still still out here man <laughs> yeah we we all have like a i i survived the bear market of 2018 19 like if you were back there there everybody who was in that timeline can kind of have that that recollection and, and kind of smile that we all did survive so you, you're kind of a you know you have this reputation of, of being a great community builder in the space i'm interested like it's been so long since 16 17 but what was your take on communities back then were they the, obviously they're a little bit different than the nft space there's a little more culture in my opinion in, in invested in these uh nft you know communities as opposed to just financially based but i want to get your take on like what communities were like back then horrible 
fucking awful, man. Um, toxic, shilly, terrible, awful, horrible. I, I like, you know, played around in almost all of them uh, because it was the only place to like learn stuff too. So you had to like sift through the garbage to, you know, figure out what was really going on and what was like interesting and, and everything. Um, I actually uh, ran into Rare Skrilla, uh, I guess almost a, was it a year ago? I, uh, no, maybe it's New York. It doesn't matter. Uh, and we were reminiscing the Poloniex, uh, the exchange, which is still out there, had a troll box in around like 2014, 2015 that him and I were both active in. Uh, and the Poloniex troll box was like an amazing, like cultural thing. It was like only alive for like a year and a half. Maybe that I, I don't recall. Robness was in there. There was like a lot of OGs who like actually were all, we didn't like know each other were hanging out in there like back in the day, but uh, that was like a glimpse of like real awesomeness, uh, and it was exactly like what you thought it was. It was like uh, you know a troll box. People like you know trying to artificially like pump their stuff, but there was a lot of like really funny people and conversations going on in there as well. And Robness would like constantly get banned like every single day. <laughs> it was like a run, <laughs> like a running joke. Um, so, but uh, it really wasn't until NFTs, man, that I I feel like I really fell in love with the the overlap of like the crypto NFT community because I felt like we got like a injection of like creators and artists and like builders who like are here for like a slightly different reason and uh, and are like genuinely really cool and interesting people. Um, so it's it's changed a lot, man. It's much better in my opinion. It, you know? it, it has changed a lot and we've gone through like multiple cycles here, like even within the NFT space now, like we saw this like huge yeah. explosion in interest. I was listening to the Matthew and Rizzle show, which you definitely want you to, to plug your podcast while you're here. But you guys were talking about how like it actually is seeping in the other way now where the nft space is getting much bigger and some of the values that we kind of like had at the beginning of this are going away uh in like some of those values that were back in those 2017 times have now found themselves in the nft space where it's just kind of about flipping it's just about the financial aspect at least like taking an outsized uh role in in what the NFT space is now. Do you do you feel that way? Do you want to expand on that at all? Yeah, man. It, it's it seems like in the past like that that's all, always happened in like the top, the peak of like hype cycles or whatever, right? You get all like the flippers and the scammers and the shillers and like, you know, all this everyone trying to capitalize on like the momentum and everything. But I feel like in the past like the, it crashed by now. Like we're somehow we're like still up here. And and they're still here, like, like doing their thing. Like they're they're supposed to go away now, so then we get back to like building and uh, and and yeah, man. I, I feel like that's why a lot of people feel similarly to what you're just saying about like the 2017 2018 crowd. Is like there you either lost a lot of money and we're still here, or we're here and there wasn't really any money to be made. So like everyone who sort of survived that time like has sort of like a different reason for being here or at least like started off that way um or at least that's what it seems like to me i don't know man yeah i want to get into this like founding of avastars but before that where did rizzle come from like in a timeline perspective but also from like a uh perspective of just like what the heck is rizzle you know like i would just want to kind of get that uh that background sure uh so rizzle i was uh when i was in grad school i was working a shitty job at a restaurant washing dishes uh and 
uh, a lot of the high school kids were cool and just sort of started calling me Rizzle. Uh, and it's sort of, it stuck at that job. And then like after that, when I needed like a handle or like a screen name for something and wanted to be a non, I would just use Rizzle. Um, and then I became like known enough that now I'm like Rizzle in real life somehow or something now. It was supposed to be my Anon name that like nobody knows me like for real, <laughs> but now I'm like Doc and real Rizzle for real. Do, or something, does anybody somehow. call you by your real name? Do, are you out there? Like, do people know your real name or that everybody literally calls you Rizzle? I, when, when I go to like these conferences and stuff, like everybody calls me Rizzle. I don't even introduce myself, uh, you know, the government name anymore because yeah. nobody, nobody knows who I am or like really cares or whatever. But now I'm like well known enough as Rizzle that I just, you know, introduce myself. There was like a awkward time uh, when I first started like going to these things where I would be like, hey, I'm I'm Ryan, but uh, you know, you might know me as Rizzle, and like, you know, it's just starting off every conversation that way, and now I'm just like, fuck it, hey, I'm Rizzle. And, yeah. But actually, it's better because everybody else started doing the same when uh, I was at like NFT NYC last. I noticed that a lot of other people had completely given up on their like real names uh, and now just introduced themselves as like their screen names or Twitter handles or whatever because it's it's just too much to keep I track of. I just want to give a quick shout. I mean, there's so many people to give a, a like shout outs to in this conversation. Uh, namely, like Jared is still in the in the house here saying uh, Gary V docks to you. So apparently Gary docks you. Gary V doxed me. That's true. I hit them up. I was like, yo, can you like stop doxing me, please? And they they did change the uh, the updated thing. Uh, but Jared, report back if you see that it has not changed. But I saw it. And I, I think they stopped doxing me. Yeah. I was the, like, what the fuck? I, I, I still to this day don't think I know Easy's real name. So I'm just going to. I But I, he'll always be easy in crypto to me. Yeah, it's better that way. We don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to NFT NYC too. Like that a bunch of people that I only knew as like their their handle. Like NFT NYC had their handle, but also their real name. And I was like, damn, this is like a full list of just doxed individuals. <laughs> but uh let's let's get into like founding Avastars. You you guys are like or, or you in particular are at the forefront, I think, of like pushing actual nft and like namely metaverse values like a, a conversation i was having with easy uh like two days ago is like so many people are pushing metaverse now like the term metaverse like facebook is changing like rebranding all this stuff and there's only really like three thousand of us that are ever in the actual metaverse <laughs> and you guys are doing you guys are literally number one number two when it comes to just pushing like stuff in crypto voxels and it's just really fucking dope so uh just you, tell me about like founding avastars kind of like gaining a foothold in the nft space as a as a builder yeah man so so i sort of jumped on jim's back with avastars uh so the, but i i did for a reason because avastars is cool um but so avastars was like jim's brainchild uh basically like based on the concept that like all of the metadata or as much as humanly possible from the nft should live entirely on the blockchain rather than relying on IPFS or like a third party thing that like can essentially like rug you of your NFT and like disappear. So Avastars is sort of like his proof of concept that you can make really dope NFTs that are stored completely on the blockchain so that if everything goes away, as long 
because Ethereum is alive, your Avastar will still be alive. And I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Like, this is the way it should be done. Like, at least in theory, it's it's not like super practical for like, say, like gaming NFTs where you need to like run off like a million of them or something like that. But, mm. uh, you know, for like art or like, you know, high end NFTs, like this seems like the way something like should be built. So, uh, so I was like, yeah, man, this is a dope project. You should bring me on board and I can help you like, you know, get the word out there and like, you know, accentuate it's dopeness or whatever uh came up with like the on-chain gang like uh thing and uh and, and people people got it man I, I feel like other people vibed with like the concept behind it as well in terms of like you know in a perfect world you want all of your nft living on chain and other projects have started like flexing that as well when they you know get released they're like you know make sure to include like this is entirely on chain so i i feel like you know it we did our job but it was like the right thing to do too, like making this a big deal and important to people because before that no one really like gave a shit or like knew that it was like a thing at all it was sort of like the default assumption of a lot of people that like you know you buy an nft it's on the blockchain that you don't really uh, intuitively like dive deeper into where stuff is being hosted yeah i actually haven't met jimmy but and, and I hear so much about him. Obviously, he's a big builder. So you just like went to him and were like, hey, I want to help you with this project. And he was like, hell yeah, come do it. Uh, and so I want to get that story, but also kind of break down because I've never again, I've never even talked to the guy. What makes Jimmy such like a, a big figure in the space? Jim's got a loud mouth. <laughs> That's probably where it started. Jim, Jim picked a lot of fights with a lot of people. I mean, in the very beginning, there was like, you know, Jim and me and like, you know, 25 other people. So, you know, Jim's just been out here running his mouth for a long time. Uh, Jim is also a very, very intelligent dude. Um, so, you know, he's got that going for him as well. Um, so it's actually a funny story, man. Like Jim, so Jim, like, uh, was out on Twitter, like yelling at trash artists saying like, like, stop making such garbage or whatever. Uh, everyone was getting all pissed off at Jim. Jim was like, you know, out there, like, you know, getting pissed off at them. Matt and I were doing the podcast, and, and I said to Matt, I was like, dude, I don't know who this guy Jim is, but he seems to be like really pissing a lot of people off. We should get him on the podcast and like see what his deal is. Uh, and so Jim came on the podcast, uh, and we like actually all like hit it off immediately. It was like a really fun podcast. Um, and then uh, famously met Jim in person in NFT NYC back in like 2019, I guess. Um, and it was a, it was much smaller, like you know, it was like one room uh, conference or it whatever. Was an NFT uh, NYC maybe in in 2019. It's, was it two? I'm, I feel like I'm in a time warp, man. It's <laughs> possibly like 2020. One of those. Yeah. Uh, no, dude, it must have been 2019. Because I don't know, man. It doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, so Nike had a presentation at nft nyc and it was like some bullshit like they're trying to like copyright patents on like nfts they're trying to put in sneakers it was like a really dumb idea uh and jim actually like stood up in the audience now mind you there's you know not a ton of people there it's a pretty small conference at this point but jim started like yelling at the nike presentation and i immediately got up and i sat behind jim and i started like egging jim on i was like dude yes this is bullshit man this is like well disney tries to do they just try and like patent like all this stuff and so i started like provoking jim uh and so you know between that and the podcast we just got to talking like afterwards and uh i was like yeah dude we, we you know we get the same thing here man let's let's do this 
this thing. Uh, and he was getting to the point where Avastars was, you know, a few few months out for launch and needed some help, basically, mm-hmm. in order to make the project successful. It was like beyond a one man operation at some point, and so. Uh, so that's, yeah, man, that's how like NFT 42 basically got started. And then we started bringing people on and now it's like a big ass thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the whip a little bit too, because uh, like particularly the things you guys are doing in the metaverse, I think are really dope as we again, move into the next cycle, which I think is going to have more to do with people understanding what the hell the metaverse is. So like, what were you founding the whip? Uh, like what ideals were you founding the whip with? And then where is it today? The whip, what ideals? Uh, the whip is founded on basically just trying. It's call it, the whip stands for the work in progress, uh, and that's basically the only like mantra we've tried to stick to. Uh, it's a virtual event. Uh, we route the audio through Discord. We have a few speakers on each week, and then we usually have some sort of like in-world thing going on a scavenger hunt or like a tour of an art uh, museum or uh, you know some some something going on some metaverse like type event uh, and everyone it's cool man everyone's got like you know their unique wearables that they've crafted they're like all nfts or, or like distributed and everything and it's like a big strange event uh, really with the only common theme that you know we try to highlight people who are doing cool things in the space and also like continue to leave the door open for like just weird experiments and new things. So the, the whip is sort of like, it sort of got like its general theme, like it's an event that happens every week on Thursday at, at three o'clock Eastern time. Uh, but in terms of like what it is or what ideals it is, I feel like it's sort of like an amoeba and like traveling circus <laughs> type of uh, thing where we're just always trying different stuff. You guys were talking about like the history of the metaverse and like just doing things in there and how cool it is that you have those memories of, you know, doing the whip all the way back in, you know, 2019 or 2020 and how cool that shit's going to be in 10 years, you know, with looking back and being like, we were the first ones here. Do you have any like thoughts on like the metaverse as it exists today and like where it'll be in the future? Yeah, dude. Uh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I feel like it was like a thousand years ago, man. I remember like standing in the token smart amphitheater is like me and Jim and Matt and like Josie Bellini and easy crypto, uh and and DeFi dad and we were just like talking about like wow what if like you know this actually does become a thing and like you know people start doing things here uh and and it just seemed like such an abandoned like ghost town uh but there we were with our like you know little naked avatars like uh (laughs) you know checking it out and everything uh so so i don't know man i i don't see how it like doesn't continue to also be an amoeba like expand in different ways uh you know I, i feel like the the metaverse is sort of like everywhere and nowhere like simultaneously uh but i i you know i i feel like i'm a big like decentralization maxi in the sense that like not that i necessarily believe in everything that it you know that happens with it but i sort of believe it's like the inevitable course of events um and so you know i i i'd like to think more interoperability, more like, you know, NFT related things that work in different places. Uh, Not so many, you know, I feel like what people think of as like the metaverse now is almost just like siloed video games. Like everything is like, you know, got its own little economy and its own stuff and and everything. And I, I feel like what we want is 
everything to work everywhere and not, you know, we want to sort of break up these little silos and sort of like level the playing field so that, you know, it's more user friendly rather than it is like, uh, you know, a platform that someone's just trying to make some money on type of thing. What I see in like the projects that you're either getting involved in or founding is just like you looking at being on the fringes of things kind of as the scout almost and like seeing, okay, what do we need? Right. Like what, well, like what is, what is missing here? You know, like the on chain gang stuff, like that's, that's a thing that was missing at that time. Uh, there's a lot of the whip probably where you're highlighting a lot of like new projects and things like this. So you're now founding the on chain chain, right? Like you're doing this with the art blocks and, and you mentioned interoperability as like one of the key ideals there of like having something that you could take, and not have that siloed garden uh, piece there. So kind of like talk about, talk about that, man, like talk, talk about kind of founding on chain chain, what, what the details are and how that all came about. Thank you, man. Uh, so it's a, it's a, in, in my head, it's a very, very cool idea masquerading as a very, very silly, goofy idea. Uh, but basically, the on-chain chain is like a wearable for your avatar, and it's like a big, like, Flava Flav style, like, chain. Uh, and they're all, like, randomly generated. Um, the project's going to get launched on Artblocks. Everything on Artblocks uh, is all built completely on-chain. So I, I like that, you know, the, the thread, you know, uh, of the on-chain gang sort of rolls into the on-chain chain. I had to explain to someone, I was like, you don't get it. It's like a play on the on-chain gang, like on-chain. Anyway, um, so, so, uh, so I had this idea like a long time ago, sort of like, you know, what we were just talking about. I'm like, you know, we, we do these things in virtual worlds all the time. Uh, we do them in different virtual worlds. I want like one thing that I can like bring in all different places and not have to buy like a different chain for every single, you know, virtual world that, you know, you take your little guy into or whatever. Uh, so I was like, you know, we, we want interoperable stuff. Uh, so that's like, you know, what I set out to build, like, uh, and wanted to do, wanted to do like the, like goofy, like on chain chain type of thing. Uh, but I, you know, so in theory, man, it's like a high end piece of like, you know, metaverse fashion. It's like built really, really well, uh, you know, completely on chain. Uh, so in my head, that's like some, you know, boss shit. And, uh, but it's also uh, finding that it's really, really difficult to deliver the interoperability piece that I want and that everyone wants so that's going to be like the ongoing sort of like mission with this thing is to so like when you when you buy one you'll be able to import the .vox file and like basically do whatever you want with it it's like very seamless to like convert that and mint that in like a few different places but also some of these places are like still walled gardens and might need like some on chain chain pressure to like let us bring our chains in or whatever but they should right um so so that's gonna so you know it offers some level of like interoperability like right out of the box uh but i feel like this is important and so i've been talking to Jin uh and toxam both of whom are like very much on the forefront of you know interoperability and and working with those concepts within the metaverse and nfts to figure out like you know how we can continue to get this thing in as many places as possible uh so i think it's cool man it's like you know not you buy a lot of these nfts and you get a roadmap um, like you know you get an on chain chain you get like a thing that you can use you know that's cool yeah i want to talk on the fashion piece of this you said you mentioned to your wife that you're like a high-end fashion designer now which i think is fucking hilarious but i want to stay in the uh 
the interoperability piece uh, still. Like, are you going to Decentraland? Are you going to these other metaverses and like having physical discussions? Like the the actual technical details of getting this done. You know, like people kind of like say that this isn't really even. I guess like achievable this interoperability between all of these different games, but you're of course like going out and proving that it's actually achievable. But how does that work? Like, do you go to these different projects and and, and figure it out? Yeah, yeah, Jenny. Um, so basically, have consulted a lot of people and built the original on-chain chain in a way that would lend itself to being as cross-compatible as humanly possible in a perfect world, which is why it's done in like the Vox model style, because if you do something like super polished and like high-end, obviously if you, you bring it into like crypto voxels or something, it's you, you're going to need a different rendering of it or something like that. So, uh, you know, wanted it to work in something like Minecraft or, you know, crypto voxels or sandbox, but also, you know, you can bring it into Somnian Space and Decentraland. It will look exactly the same. You'll be rocking like a box model thing, but at least it'll be, you know, consistent across like every single thing. So that was important, like in just in like the way it was designed to put together things that would be easily replicable across all these platforms. Um, Giving people access to the dot box file is a pretty decent level of interoperability out of the box because you can convert it to a bunch of things and mint it in like crypto voxels instantly. Uh, have talked to everybody basically you can think of uh, in terms of like how to get this in world uh, there's like a lot of logistical hoops with all these places uh, but I've basically been told uh, and I believe this to be true uh, and knowing everybody uh, at this point uh, once it's out there and have something to present to them to do something with it's a lot easier to work at it from that angle rather than saying like hey i've got this thing it's going to come out i would want a lot of people are going to want yeah 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 exactly so um but the you know the conversations have been had uh, it's been built in a very like thoughtful way to allow it to be as easily uh you know cross compatible as possible um and the the thought we're still trying to figure out the best way to go about it it's possible we build like a third party website to you know you have the nft to continue to access different file types uh if that's what people want or what's necessary or if platforms can just onboard this thing directly um, so I'm going to have to fight some people a little bit, but uh, I think this thing is good, man. And I, I think people are going to want, you know, the whole idea is you can bring it places. So I, I think, you know, a little social pressure, uh, you know, may smooth that process out. But I, I really feel like I, I built something that I wanted. And I feel like this is, even if you don't want a big, goofy looking chain, I feel like people do want NFTs that are cross compatible and work in different places and are on chain. And so I feel like it checks a lot of boxes if you're just like a fan of those ideals, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. From the metaverse perspective, you mentioned you were like going to these projects and or people that are building these like, I mean, I, we could probably say walled gardens uh, and, and it'd be accurate, but at least they have some ideals from Web3. Uh, sure. Obviously, you're not having the conversation with with Zuckerberg at this point uh, in the conversation. Right. But <laughs> uh, but like from your perspective, who's doing this the best? Like I want I want to get some Rizzle spicy takes on like who's doing the metaverse well 
within the native web three ecosystem, like who's not doing it well. Jin and Toxam are like way out on the fringe. Like you were saying, they like really are pushing the interoperability piece. I'm sure I'm forgetting like a couple people, uh, but there's, there, I feel like there's not Boombox head is out there as well. Um, really pushing that, those things. Uh, Jin is like the dude from Snow Crash. He like basically is the person from Snow Crash. I don't know, I forget the, the person's name, but if you've ever read Snow Crash, Jin is like basically that person. Um, so, so I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the author's name. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm blanking on it as well. Um, so those three specifically, uh, and, and not even like, directly nft related uh you know they they all of them understand nfts but they're very like metaverse uh, almost metaverse first uh thinkers uh, you know that kind of thing um i mean who's not getting it right man I, if you just want me to talk trash on zuckerberg <laughs> talk trash on zuckerberg he should allow on chain chains in his goofy platform though i'll tell you that much. yeah that would that would be a, a big win for you guys but uh anyways the uh I'm, i i guess i mean more like the the project right the platform like the Decentraland, Somnium spaces, crypto voxels. Like you guys obviously have been working in crypto voxels for a while. Another combo would be like, why hasn't crypto voxels really seen like a a big adoption piece there with more metaverse being thrown out into into the ether, you know? Uh, but like who's doing it well from a platform perspective? Dude, I, I love crypto voxels. Uh, I know it hasn't like taken off. I, I feel like uh, people are sleeping on it, man. And, and it's one of the only platforms that like sort of works like decently. Uh, Decentraland is cool, man. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's got like a different flavor, like sort of a different culture to it. It's not as like wacky or weird or like free to like uh you know crypto voxels uh one of the best things about it is like you know people can just create their own wearables and you know bring them in like pretty seamlessly it's like very free like that uh so there's a lot of like real like radical self-expression like weirdness going on in crypto voxels which i love uh which just isn't really possible on decentraland um so decentraland is cool um sandbox let's see i don't what's that sandbox I, I, dude, I haven't even really gotten into Sandbox. I feel like, uh, has anybody really? I, I think they've had like some isolated events or something, but uh, I would, trust me, man, I would love for Sandbox to be really, really cool. Um, but I, I think, I feel like, dude, I feel like the same about Moniverse, man. Like Moniverse is really cool, but like, it's sort of like a ghost town. And, and that's what like CryptoVoxels really has going for it that I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, a lot of the speculators want like high res graphics and like, you know, interesting tokenomics and, you know, all this kind of thing. But like people actually like hang out in crypto voxels, <laughs> like the yeah. things go on there. Um, and uh, I used to get really frustrated and annoyed with Ben Nolan because he sometimes seems like so aloof in terms of like delivering things that would be really good for crypto voxels. Uh, but uh, Bit they hired BitPixie. She came in out of nowhere, and I'm like, she is like the greatest thing to ever happen to crypto voxels. Like almost definitely, uh, outside of crypto voxels being created. Uh, dude, I don't even know what she does, but she she seems to be in control of everything. She seems to have like sent Ben to like his room to go do like programmer stuff, and she's out here like you know calling the big shots and like steering the ship and uh, you know straightening things up and everything. Uh, and she rocks. 
Um, but that's that's why I love crypto voxels, man. I feel like that's why a lot of people do. And uh, it's interesting, man. Like a lot of the OG like art community like has builds and like has put a lot of time into making builds in crypto voxels that aren't like really going anywhere. So I'm, I'm, it's just. In a lot of ways, like even though it's sort of janky looking, like you know, to the outsider, it's just so much more of a fleshed out like product and community and like culture and like uh, like you're saying, man. Like people have like memories of like things that happen there, like lots of them now, you know, at this point. So uh, I, I feel like everybody else is sort of playing catch up on that front, and it's really hard to just like create something that you get a lot of people to genuinely love even if it's nicely polished and, and refined like people still got to show up you know it's, it's uh it's tough yeah that ghost town vibe is is like thrown out uh, a lot when you're talking about like these early days metaverse creations right like you can only get people to be in there for so long and then it, it then they're gone you know like what what would yeah. you do if you were the head of, of crypto voxels or you were the head of one of these other metaverse plays, like obviously you're touching on interoperability with the on-chain chain, like you're fixing that or hoping to push that forward. Like what are some other things that metaverses could do to improve and, and go forward? Dude, I feel like whatever Abagachi is doing is really cool. I don't like, I don't totally understand. I still don't totally understand Abagachi. I feel so bad, man. I, I've like, you know, I, I know all those people. I have an Abagachi. I pet it, but I like still all their shit is like so confusing. But uh, what they are doing that's really interesting is like you can. Uh, your little gachi can like run around the gachi verse and like I don't know what happens you like pick up things and like put them places or whatever like earn tokens uh, but me as like the gachi holder I can like lend my gachi to someone else who can like farm their gachi tokens or whatever and then I get like a small cut of whatever they've farmed with my gachi and then when they give my gachi back or whatever so I'm like so I'm like that's kind of interesting like this this whole concept of like you know now there's like a little economy and like a game like woven into it uh and i feel like we start to see more of that because you can create these you know with nfts especially on polygon man you can like you, you spin up these like micro ecosystems where like um you know you gotta do a, a couple different things in world and then like stop by the shoe store and you know once you turn those things in you get your new pair of shoes um and so i, I think you know from like a social media social engineering standpoint there's like a lot of like really interesting things you can do to incentivize people to spend more time in these places but uh i don't know i think we're like still far away from like people just like going there to hang out is it's just like there's just too many unless there is like a, an event going on i feel like you need a task or a mission or it to be like gamified in like some type of way to really get like constant action going on in there but eventually like who knows man maybe it's just like you know you, you pass i pass by you on the metaverse like picking up my shoe token like every day you know we just like go pick up our shoe tokens because it's profitable and it makes sense and we're all sort of like working farming strange things in the metaverse, <laughs> man. <I don't> <laughs> that, that sounds a little like snow crash uh i had this conversation with easy man i want to get your take uh it's it's kind of convoluted so i'll try to keep it like super simple but basically we're saying like there's more nft projects launching then there is new people coming into the ecosystem so like this is like adding too much supply into an ecosystem that there's not that huge demand anymore do you feel like yeah. that and, and can it be related to metaverse i mean when ape drops now we have sandbox crypto voxels 
Avogadro, like all of these land places, that's only further driving the point that you're talking about where it might be ghost towns. Like you were saying before, man, there's there's only so many people out here who are like real big enthusiasts. Uh, and, and honestly, man, I feel like that's the other big disconnect with these like land sales and like this metaverse stuff is like they're they're falling into the hands of speculators who aren't builders like doing anything with them, which sort of like creates this ghost town. So there's sort of like a, you know, a thing, a bridge that needs to be gapped where like, how do you get these things in the hands of people who will build on build, not only build on them, but build like desirable places for people to like come hang out and actually like use the platforms and everything. So, you know, I, I feel like, there's certainly a place for like owning land parcels, uh, but uh, I, I think we start to see more of like uh, the, the on cyber stuff is so cool, man. How you can just like easily spin up like your own art gallery and people can like go visit it. Um, I think we start to see like a lot more of those kind of things where like you know co cookie cutter type experiences. You can just like sort of you know pick your free house and like decorate your free house and like you know that kind of thing. Uh, but I I also feel like you know. Owning something and paying for something makes it seem more real, and so I don't feel like the desire for that goes away. I think it just gets bombarded with more like options and everything. But uh, yes, man, the, the whole space is just I, the totally totally bombarded with junk. I don't know how we like get away from that. Uh, like ever, really. I mean, if unless like we have like another huge crash, like I feel we've probably are just going to have an endless stream of like crappy celebrity drops because the, the cost to try is so minimal, yeah. you know, and, and the reward of it working out is so high that like, I think you, there's just, you know, just a steady, it's like, it's like the spam box in your email and just a steady stream of garbage like flowing in constantly to see what sticks or who will bite at this like post COVID like time where we're actually able to like go back out. I feel like the, I'm noticing that there's like a, a big like signal for great projects, uh, at least in my mind, that are hosting events like because that, that takes a little bit more work. Like it takes a little bit more like actual heart and soul than it is like, let me just droll out another PFP project and see what sticks. Yeah, totally, man. I, I feel like, uh, you know, now I think the class of 2021 uh, or, or whatever you call them are like a little bit more educated. Uh, a lot of them got like, you know, rugged a few times and wrecked a few times and are now like a little bit familiar with like, uh, you know, maybe it is important to pay attention to people who have been through a couple cycles and are still here or like, you know, people who have built things w with integrity in the past that you can sort of look towards uh, for a long time, I feel like the space like wasn't mature enough for people to sort of you know look that far back. You know, you only have like a year or two of history, so like who really knows what's going to happen? But now it, I, I feel like the space is maturing in some way. But it also seems like people uh, people still <laughs> buy garbage. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I, you you so I want you to show uh, the Matthew and Rizzle show real quick. Like, tell us where you can find it. Uh, it's, it because I was listening to it and you guys were talking about like a shakedown. Like, I'm gonna do a shakedown of what you've got like in your wallet these days. So I, I want to do this on my show. Uh, so like cool. the sh shakedown of what you're collecting right now 
in this environment? Uh, what am I collecting? I, I just bought uh, those couple pieces for charity. Um, I, I've been buying a lot of frogs, man. Like <laughs> full disclosure, I I buy into my own projects that I'm involved with uh, because I believe in them. Honestly, uh, the, the fly frogs are doing like a lot of cool things. So I own a whole bunch of fly frogs that I've been slowly accumulating uh, as they sit at a low price point. Um, let's see what else. Um, a little bit of everything, man. I, I like. I really. I enjoy like scrolling through Twitter, finding an artist that I've never heard of before. That's like you know just starting out and like you know just selling a couple editions on the cheap or something like that, and like you know randomly scooping up some of those things. Um, uh, I do a lot of that. I, I my collection is like all over the place, man. I got like a ton. I collectibles, art. I, I try to make it a point to have at least like you know one or two things from like you know my friends or like the OGs in the space or uh, you know people who I respect uh, a lot even if it's not like necessarily my style of art like you know I, I buy a lot of stuff just to support other people and, and their projects nice. um, lots of weird stuff I like to, I like goofy things with funny eyeballs I like gravitate towards funny looking characters that's probably like what I'm most known for uh being drawn towards yeah we're 50 minutes into the conversation so i want i want to open this up to anybody in chat uh here uh for any lightning questions for rizzle because we got to let him go here shortly tigbo's asking who was the last person rizzle sauced <laughs> what is sauce now i need to know what's what, what is this like an inside joke what's going on oh so 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 sauce so we used to do these avastar giveaways in token smart uh discord me and sandy meows uh, and uh, we would have like a weekly competition where people would have to like do a couple things uh, in order to be entered in the contest, and then we'd like spin this wheel live, uh, and of whoever you know did all the things, and then they win something, uh, usually an avatar, and then we give out like a bunch of other stuff too to the rest of the people, like wearables or whatever. Uh, but the uh, the joke st- so people started winning who like weren't attending like the live giveaway event, and so we're like, this is this is dumb, man. Like you should you should have to earn it. Like we're giving you like an avastar or like a whatever you got to show up for this thing so i don't i don't even know where like the term sauced like started from specifically uh but that sort of became the term like when someone when someone won we'd be like in discord be like okay so and so are you here are you here and if they're not there like nope sauced next you know <laughs> we just give that thing away to like somebody else uh so so that's how that started who the last person was uh in, in that context i have no idea uh in real life if you scroll through my twitter feed it's probably not too far down there's probably somebody i threw some shade at what are some hot takes that you've got about the space today man i know you've like laid them out uh to us here obviously throughout the whole conversation but anything maybe we didn't touch on uh as it's related to like the nft space and what you'd like to see uh less of or more of uh what, what are there some other spicy takes here for for the listeners out there oh shit man i wish i had something like queued up for you yeah. uh what, what do you do more innovation like honestly and i i'm a big fan of like art for the sake of art and i think and i love that and that has its place and that doesn't need utility or innovation like art can be art and i love crypto art and collecting nfts you know that are just art for the sake of art but i personally love innovation and that's one of the things that is attracted me so much to the space in the first place which is had you know has had influence on like all the projects that i've been involved with i'm like this tech is so cool we can like do so many like really amazing things with 
it and it enables like so much awesome stuff that we would never be able to do uh, prior to you know having this technology uh, and, and so I feel like we're sort of in this like golden age of like opportunity where you can do like all these things uh, and people are just like churning out you know such yeah, garbage uh, but I also like some garbage too so this is also <laughs> like sort of the problem or maybe it's not a problem but I, I do love innovation and uh am drawn to that and uh which you know which is why i created the on-chain chain and uh am, am leaning heavily in that direction uh but so yeah man probably less junk even though i have some junk sometimes <laughs> over the past like last two weeks i've been forming this this like thought process too of like pfps right it's kind of what you're talking about it's like let's get more innovation around the actual if you're going to launch a PFP, have it be something new as opposed to just here we go. You know, it, again, yeah. art for art, it's awesome, but like it's just another PFP. But to be honest, like if we're playing this out over the course of, you know, years and people getting adopted into this space, the, the market for PFPs, for avatars in the space is huge. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. they're, they're, they're still billions Agreed. of people to be onboarded into the avatar, you know, PFP side. So I do agree though. Like I appreciate the, the tech that you're kind of bringing to the table with the on-chain chain. So kind of throw out any details there as it's related to the sale, man, before we stop off. Real quick, man, I want to shout out the Fly Frogs because they're a PFP project that I love that is doing really interesting things uh, that w that lends itself in that direction too, man. You like feed these frogs like polygon flies and they produce a tadpole on mainnet, but you might get twins and they have like recessive traits. And so I'm like, you know, even though it's like a goofy, weird project, it's like, you know, we're they're doing interesting things blockchain things that like a lot of people aren't tinkering around with uh and it has like that element of weirdness um so yeah man more more of that uh, but so all right dude details on on chain chain I'm, I'm sort of freaking out to be honest with you i'm like i gotta wait a whole other week for this thing to be dropped like I, how am i gonna like sleep um so, uh, a week from today uh or whenever people are listening to this it'll be the 14th of april three o'clock eastern time uh it'll go live on art blocks it'll be a run of 2000 uh, it'll be a dutch auction starting at 1.5 eth going all the way down to like basically nothing within the span of like 50 minutes like 0 0.025 or something like that um so a lot of these calls were made not entirely by me art blocks like has a routine that or a way of doing things so there's there's no uh pre-sale list or anything it's just gonna go live and i'm gonna and it happens live at the whip like it, they scheduled oh, this thing God. i'm like you gotta be kidding me like the drop happens like live at the whip so i'm gonna it, i'm gonna crash and burn or it's gonna be a legendary day like completely live in front of my audience so uh yeah man no pressure I, I, either Pretty way it. it's gonna be legendary just we don't know if it's gonna be a famous day or like an infamous yeah. day for sure that's sick yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, that's I, <laughs> I wish you uh, all the success man like honestly like I should have had you on the network a long time ago, but it sounds like like the things you're doing at the whip. And I know Lad City was on the whip a little while ago, but um, it seems like, you know, we're again, we, we got the similar ideals in, in pushing the space forward. So it's it was great to get you on. Yeah, man. Really appreciate you having me and uh, being able to have the conversation with you, dude. It's been great.
All right, man. I'm going to let you go. Uh, stick around just for a second. I'm going to wave goodbye to all the listeners out there. Anybody who's on audio afterwards, thank you so much uh, for tuning into the Nifty Q show today. We have NFT live tomorrow. Uh, make sure to tune in uh, to that on the network as well. So I'm going to sign off, guys. Our vibe, our tribe. Rizzle, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me.